Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Digital Audio Health by... Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Nikki Green, who is a life and business resiliency expert who has worked in international business industry for more than 20 years. Empowering young people to reach their full potential is her greatest passion, and as an inspiring keynote speaker, Nikki will motivate your organization or event attendees. Nikki has worked with several notable C-level executives in top Silicon Valley companies. A four-time published author, she received double promotions in two different Fortune 500 companies and the Golden microphone award. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. We're going to have a wonderful journey together. Let our listeners know, where did you grow up and what events happened in your life to help you with the journey that you're on today? So interesting because it's a confusing thing to say where you're from. Now, where was I born? I was born in Reno, Nevada, which is a small town in northern Nevada, right outside of um, the Tahoe Lake area. But I grew up in lots of different places because I had six parents. And so they lived in Colorado, Nevada, and California. And so I moved constantly. I went to different schools and I experienced lots of different environments growing up. Um, But I say, but that is part of what makes me not only unique, but it makes me able to adapt to change because I had so many different experiences growing up that it enabled me to learn and grow very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, you must have the personality for that because a lot of people are born in a small town, stay in the small town, and they don't adapt to change very quickly. Do you have some advice for people who uh, to help them with change? 
Well, the beauty of uh, Reno, their slogan is actually, it's the biggest little city in the world. <laughs> they actually have a very famous arch in the downtown area that says that. Um, and it was a beautiful place, this combination of, you know, small town, but very close to big cities, um, you know, close to Vegas, close to San Francisco, Sacramento. Um, and so you have this really cool blend of people that live there. And so it's really about getting to know each other. I think so many people regardless of where you live in the world, mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to better understand others, people of different ages, people of different backgrounds, because just because you're in a small town now, maybe they weren't there their whole life. They could have new opportunities and that could spark something in you that makes you interested in trying something new as well. Mm -hmm. and, and you've lived in many countries, 14. I have been to 14 countries. I love traveling. I've traveled all over the world, uh, some for work, some, uh, you know, for personal just pleasure. It's been a great opportunity to, you know, really immerse myself in languages. Um, the first country I traveled to by myself was Paris. I'd been studying French for seven years. And then when I got there at the age of 18, I really understood what it took to speak another language yeah. and really immerse myself in the culture. Because you can go and sit in class and you know, conjugate verbs all day. But as one of my teachers would also say is like, well, is that what you want to do when you get to the top of the Eiffel Tower? Probably not. Probably you want to have a real conversation with people and get to know them. Um, and so it really just sparked even further love of languages, culture, uh, food, and, and experiences. <laughs> mm -hmm. Where was the favorite uh, place that you've been? My favorite place is actually Singapore. I didn't really know much about Singapore and uh, it's, you know, it's a small, tiny little island. It's about three miles around. And I got to go there through my job, um, one of my corporate jobs. And it was my first time really going to Asia. And it was just such a new experience that I didn't really have any preconceived notions, which was great because when I got there, it was just a clean slate. It was brand new. And it is another city that is this beautiful melding of different types of cultures, people speaking different languages, amazing food, um, and just, mm -hmm. just very polite for the most part. So um, I, I definitely encourage people, you know, if you want to kind of start someplace in Asia before you go off to maybe other places, Singapore is a great place to spend at least a few days. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wonderful. And you're living in Chicago right now. Yeah, um, I say that I happily got stuck here right before the pandemic. Okay. <laughs> I okay. had moved here from California. Um, I was originally working in Silicon Valley, but an opportunity came to expand my team here in Chicago. So 2019, I packed my stuff up and my cat and we came across the country. We drove in an RV filled with wine and my best friend and it was an amazing <laughs> journey. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. But Chicago that, is so different from LA. Yeah, it's so, so different. And it was really an eye-opening experience, you know, what it's like to be in the Midwest, um, you know, just the different types of personalities that are here, the deep culture that's here as well. Yes. You know, this is a much older city than, you know, a lot of West Coast ones. Um, and it's just warm and welcoming. It didn't matter what the weather was like outside. There was always a warm place to go in and have a cold beer. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Um, inspiration. I'd like to talk to you about inspiration. I mean, you have a new book coming out that you're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. But where do you get your inf inf um, inspiration from? You talked about Nevada 
And and have you ever been near the energy vortexes, which has um, ignited inspiration and creativity with you? Uh, I I haven't been to like one specific place. I think I think for me it has been yes. exactly this, just okay. going around experiencing new places, always trying something new sparks that, that newness, right. And, and all of a sudden that creativity comes alive. I love going to museums. I also love going to national parks and just seeing what other people have created. It's, it's always inspirational, whether it's for my writing or just in general for my business, um, in Mm -hmm. my personal life, it's, it's always great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, you're so uh, correct with that because I find my inspiration comes from architects, uh, architectural and also museums uh, and different things like that. When I see things that people have created, it makes me want to create because I'm so blown away with um, what people are able to do, especially in paintings right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just yeah. so moving. And, and just to sit there in stillness and, and observe, mm-hmm. um, it, it really can bring so many different things and, and looking at paintings and pictures from different perspectives and understanding the type of paint that they used. And, you know, some painters who painted the exact same scene with different types of light early morning in the middle of the day right. at the end, um, and just seeing that talent continue to grow over their lifetime too, when you can see like a full display of say Van Gogh or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so inspiring. I, it's just, it's just awesome. Um, can you unpack for our audience about mindsets and belief, how, how, how your mindset sets your belief? Yeah. For me, um, you know, a lot of people will have some kind of scientific ideas about mindset and, you know, we are subconscious and you're conscious and and all those things are relevant. For me, I always talk about mindset in a way that it's spirituality. It's your soul. It really is the Mm -hmm. things that make you and the way you interpret life. And it's having positive and negative effects on your life every single day. And so when I work with people, I always try to help them figure out there's always a silver lining. There's always a positive and a yin and yang to what's going on. And it's up to you to choose where you spend your time. It's very easy. You can get in a negative spiral and be like, uh, the world's against me and all these terrible things keep happening, but that's not really going to get you moving forward. That only gets Mm -hmm. you moving back. So I try to push with people to stay in that positive side, find the upward spiral and make sure they're moving towards their goals, their dreams, and do something exciting with their life. Mm, beautifully put. That's wonderful. Let us know about your the name the name of your book. Yeah, Chameleon Mindset is the new book. Super excited. Um, I talk, of course, about chameleons, but about how yes. mindset can affect your life um, and the importance of using it to achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. And but in your book, you describe a chameleon to a zebra right <laughs> yeah <laughs> Can you give us a little bit of analogy on that yeah and there's a lot of different analogies people have used over time yeah. um you know to kind of describe this but i think it's a good dichotomy between the two 
in the chameleon way and chameleons have gotten a bad rap for a long time but yeah. chameleons are actually adapting to change they're trying to attract the things that they want in life and they're vulnerable in that process by flashing their bright colors they're going to be seen potentially by a predator even if they need food or they need to change the temperature that you know they're living in and on the other side the zebras are kind of stuck in a mindset that is fixed and unmoving and whoever you are is who you will always be and that it's not possible to adapt. And so I talk about these two things to explain as you're going through your different modes of, you know, going to work, dealing with your kids, coming home and dealing with your house. Um, are you sitting in the right side of that mindset? Are you stuck in a, this is just always the way things are going to be zebra way, or are you ready to adapt and take care of life and really move towards those things you want to have? Mm-hmm. And uh, the pandemic uh, really stopped a lot of people in their tracks, didn't it? And you've really had to deep, dig deep in order to um, pull, you know, pull your, keep yourself at a certain level because it was really easy during the pandemic to get down uh, because there was so many um, things that were not good about it. So what could you advise business people who, um, are coming out of the pandemic and the world has changed. I mean, people have changed because yes, of science, absolutely. Right. <laughs> and so with your business model, um, how would you help somebody to sort of regroup? Because some people lost their jobs or stopped their jobs because they had to, uh, because they had to do childcare, right? Yeah. So many had to, people had to make tough choices during the pandemic. And, mm -hmm. and I was, different. I I left my job. I I lost my apartment downtown in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, it was just one thing after another. And, you know, it was really reinventing myself through that process. Right. I think one of the most beneficial parts that happened during the pandemic was that stillness, that quiet, that chance to actually sit down and think about the things that we wanted that we weren't happy about. Now, we couldn't control some of when we got out to do those things, but at least we had that stillness. And I feel like we immediately jumped back into being too busy and we mm -hmm. haven't taken that time for stillness again. And it, then we're starting to lean towards that zebra mindset again. Oh, you know, the economy is terrible. Oh, this terrible thing is happening in politics politics, you know, all the different layers of things that are happening around the globe and starting to blame others instead of just taking responsibility for our business and ourselves and going after the things we want. And that takes a amount of time to really be like, why is this not making me happy? Why is this not working in my business? If you're forcing things that aren't meant to be anymore, then it's not going to work. Hard work only gets you so far. At some point, you have to be smarter and you have to do things differently than you have done, which takes an amount of change. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, some people did lose their jobs and they've had to reinvent themselves, but it's, um, you know, it sounds like that would be an easy thing to do, but really it's not. It's a really difficult thing to reinvent yourself. It is. And so many people, you know, you went to school and you were told, hey, if you just get this degree, you're going to be this thing. And okay. that's all you got to do. And then you're done. And it's not that simple. The world is changing, especially business is changing rapidly with technology and so many mm -hmm. advances happening. And so if you're not adapting to those things and thinking about retraining yourself or, you know, taking a slight pivot from what you did before, 
it, most of the jobs that exist right now are going to be totally different five years from today. And so what's going to happen when you do that? If you're not adapting, then yes, many of us will be out of work. And so I really encourage people to start rethinking ahead of that curve. Even if you've lost your job now, I know there's been many, many layoffs happening across Silicon Valley and other places. It's not the end of, of things. We've gone through many recessions before. It's about really thinking about, is this the right path for me? And what could I do now that I have this opportunity to take a pause and rethink about it? Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people uh, start their own business because we can now have, um, with social media, we can have all the tools that we need to get our message out there or whatever business that we've started. Yeah. So we're in what's called now the knowledge-based economy. The majority of things, at least in you know most developing nations, were made off of things we think about, things we build with our mind. And so the barrier to entry to create in a business now is incredibly low. You don't have to have a brick and mortar store. You don't have to go manufacture goods all the time. You can just generate things of your own intelligence and your own genius. And so with that, there is an incredible amount of opportunity for what you you have as part of your business. And so I think people need to rethink in some of those old adages is like, oh, well, businesses fail and all those things. Well, okay, we can run businesses better, but what we're trying to do as a part of the business is drastically different than, you know, even a decade or two ago. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people can start businesses from home where they don't have uh, the overhead. And so if they, um, as you say, if they if they um, resonate in their stillness and and write down the creative thoughts that they have, and even if that one thing doesn't work that you try, you're not investing a, a money, a whole lot of money. You're investing your time, and you can pivot. And um, so, how would you advise someone to, you know, to um, believe in themselves? And because people say what I always wanted to do was this or and they never took the opportunity. And one of the things is, you know, people die or before they die, they say, I wish I would have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's so tough because we have so many fears and doubts inside of us. Mm. And what I say is the most important thing when we start going on these journeys is Let's stop doing it alone. You yes. have to find a support community. And it by doing that, you can find someone that knows more about the industry you're trying to go in, that you can brainstorm ideas about what you're trying to do, that maybe has been in business for many years and understands what it takes to get things going. We try to figure out that like all of a sudden, because that's how school teaches us. You can't cheat off the test. You can't, you know, open the book. <laughs> That's not how life works. In no. life, you can open up every book in the planet on the what? internet. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, let's try to change that mindset about that fundamental piece is that you have to know every single right answers in order to be successful. That's not true. We are successful because we are surrounded by a supportive community that can help us and you can grow in leaps and bounds and get there so much faster. And if you take a misstep, you also have some there to catch you. So I think just really encouraging people to change the way they think about it as if it's like a solo journey and think about it more in finding a support to, to make the magic happen. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful advice. And yeah, I mean, there's so there's so much on the internet that you can reach out to and, and find courses, even if you want to take a, a short course on something in order to familiarize yourself with uh, the industry that you're going into. And uh, that's wonderful, too. And, you know, uh, there are some people who arrive here with unconscious competence. They just know how to do things. And if you are one of those people that can just whip up a business because you and have an idea, you're going to be incredibly successful. Don't you agree? I agree. And it's one of the things I love about this next generation is because they do have these big dreams and most of them don't want to go sit in an office and work for someone else. They're mm-hmm. inspired to even at, you know, very young ages, I've seen people that are like under 16 years old creating businesses and it's a great way to start and start building something up and have your own equity, your own thing that you own. And even if you missed up, it's fine. That's how we build confidence. That's how we learn. Um, And once you see your friend do it, you realize you can do it too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Symatrex. And we are speaking with Nikki Green today. And can you let people know how to contact you, Nikki? Absolutely. Uh, you can contact me on my personal site, the Nikki Green 360.com. It has everything on there. Um, my social media, if you'd like to follow me there, you can learn about my podcast, Stand Up and Stand Out. And yes. of course, my new book, Chameleon Mindset, is available there as well. Um, so you can find it on Amazon and we're launching on February 22nd. Wonderful. Let us know about your book. I am so excited about this. It's been uh, a year in the making. This is my third book. Um, Four and five are already in the works. So don't (laughs) wait, there'll be more coming. Yeah. But this has been a beautiful work of just many years of working with young people, understanding how people are functioning together and apart thinking about generational differences in why people think that way and helping to sort of bridge that communication. Um, There's also going to be an interactive course that's going to go along with it. So people that maybe don't want to do that journey by themselves, we're building this amazing chameleon community for everyone to come together and learn and grow together. So Wonderful. And um, you when you were writing your book, uh, you listen to some music and you're providing, do you want to talk about the playlist that you're providing as well? Yeah, uh, it was something I did in my first book and everybody really loved it, but I love music. I love dancing. It's always been a big part. My grandmother was a music teacher and, you know, most of my family either sings or, you know, performs in some, some manner. Nice. <laughs> and- So I wanted to bring that back as a part of this book. And I realized that Spotify has an ability to create a playlist that you can more easily share with people. Throughout the book, there are QR codes. The playlist is just one of them, but it makes it a little bit more of an interactive experience. And you'll have lots of different types of music in there, which cross genres, um, but kind of go with the theme of of each chapter that's in there. Mm, That's wonderful. You're very inventive. Uh, That's the first that I've seen that. Um, And you're very inventive. So uh, congratulations to you about that. Um, What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? 
the the amazing ability to just do what I thought was impossible. There are so many times where people have told me that these things just wouldn't come together and why would mm-hmm. I want to do this and so many naysayers and it just it never bothered me in a way that I was like, "Oh, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't do it then." Instead, I was just dumping it right in the deep end and I swam for it. And it's been just so wonderful having those experiences to just reaffirm whether it was in work or in my personal life. You know, I've run marathons, I've traveled the world and just continuing to see and be a part of humanity Mm -hmm. in all these different ways. uh, Man, it's just a joy every day to to keep experiencing that. (laughs) Wonderful. You have a very positive attitude. Um, A lot of people um, myself included, uh, when I was young, it, I listened to what people said and, uh, people don't have your best interest at heart. That's the thing. And because they wouldn't do something certainly doesn't mean that you shouldn't do something. I mean, if you go to an accountant, are you an accountant <laughs> or a lawyer? <laughs> are you a yeah. lawyer? And you ask them, they would say it's too risky. You have to protect yourself. Like there's all there's a lot of people who will discourage you um, from following your dream. What would you say to that, Nikki? Yeah, one of the things we do in the book is we do a risk tolerance assessment. Now, oh, you know, no. if you are coming from a finance background, we think about that in our 401k, <laughs> your investing <laughs> portfolio. But we've adapted this in a more conversational way to think about the goal you're trying to achieve as you read the book. Uh, there's also a QR code for a quiz. You can go and take the 60-second risk tolerance quiz yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but through that, it's finding out exactly where your fear lies. So not just saying yes or no, on or off, zebra, you know, stripes. Yeah. We we want to add more color to it and really understand, are you just afraid to try something by yourself? Are you so paralyzed by it that maybe there's a traumatic experience that's keeping you from it? Um, And there's a lot of blend in between. And so for this, I always say, don't just apply the same risk, you know, tolerance to everything you do. There's definitely going to be differences in your personal life and your professional life. I mean, maybe you go on a hundred dates and, you know, that's perfectly fun and and enjoyable, but if you went on a hundred interviews for a job, that's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so it's relating these kind of everyday things of, well, why am I not afraid over here, but I am afraid over there. And, Mm -hmm. and how do we take some of those positive aspects of, you know, experiencing that in one way to make the other one more enjoyable as you go through it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. What, what other exercises do you have in the book to help people? Oh, it's incredibly fun. And if you're a pop culture fan, there are references all throughout. There's all kind of Easter eggs. Um, oh, I'm a sci-fi nerd. I have a family full of comic book lovers. Um, so there's lots of fun stuff in there. But we named the exercises Karate Kid style exercises. So just like Mr. Miyagi, you're not really going to know what you're getting into. We're not going to be doing something so specific to your goal that the fear comes back. We're going to have you go to a restaurant with a friend and your friend is going to pick your meal. 
And so it's these exercises that are very simple, everyday things that are accessible to anyone. If you can't afford to go out, maybe you are laid off, you can very easily cook at home and cook a new meal as well. So there's alternatives for every spectrum of people to just be able to rethink the everyday autopilot that they're on and recalibrate mm -hmm. to why they're doing the things that they're doing and why they're finding comfort in that autopilot and how do we right. get them into an uncomfortable space to move forward. Wonderful. But people don't want to be uncomfortable. <laughs> so but they don't realize that the uncomfortableness is for a short period of time before we get comfortable again. Can yes. you speak about that? And then I encourage people to, you know, of course, we're setting big goals, we're trying to get to some end destination. Right. But don't people get overwhelmed by that aspect mm -hmm. of it. And instead of looking at the finish line, let's just look at one step in front of us, just one foot in front of you, you can see the ground very, very clearly, and you can see mm -hmm. that foundation. And so instead of letting that overwhelm happen, just today, take one step. And tomorrow, take the next step. You you can just keep making progress. And with every step, you get more confident. You understand where you sit with that goal. And you understand what you need, maybe support or help from others. And so by having people kind of focus just right in front of themselves, it makes that uncomfort less uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. And um, it's... You know, and it's amazing how our brain continues to adjust and grow and adjust and grow as long as we don't um, put up that barrier, because a lot of people have barriers when it comes to learning and and when it comes to something new. Mm hmm. And it's important that we don't overwhelm ourselves because otherwise we're not going to make the progress. And so finding for you that right level, that right next step in order to get moving forward, it could be as simple as, you know, doing a Google search, watching a YouTube video on something mm -hmm. that you're interested in. Oh, it doesn't yeah. have to be like, you know, committing millions of dollars to go build the business tomorrow. Right. That so would be scary. I, I, <laughs> exactly right unless you happen to be you know a bazillionaire and then a million dollars is just a drop in a bucket so it's all relative <laughs> it's just like ten dollars <laughs> exactly <laughs> yes do you feel that you've been called to your journey or do you feel you've crafted it or a bit of both a bit of both um yes. you know there were so many forks in my road right and at at any point, I could have absolutely fallen off. And I am incredibly thankful for the people that stepped in during those times and said, Nikki, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. This is not you. It's right. just a positive way, right? And, and it's hard because there were some pretty traumatic things that happened as I was growing up. And it could have been the time where I just gave up, gave up on school, gave up on my future and, you right. know, just had sort of a mediocre existence, but gradually, gradually it could have been, you know, volleyball coaches, uh, teachers, just so many different people throughout my community that really saw this potential in me, even mentors and managers at work that, you know, just saw me in passing. And I'm just so incredibly grateful to them. And that's why I also do what I do, because I could see that I was going to go on a wrong path without them. And hopefully I can help other people stay on their path um, by helping them as well. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. <clears throat> yeah. We don't realize uh, that we have present day messengers 
that are helping us and um, helping us on our journey because it's so easy, especially when you're young and teenage years, um, to get off track, right? So I'm really grateful that you had people um, that were there for you. Is there anything that we have not talked about that you want, you're burning to talk about? Because we do have some time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I think a lot of people right now still are a bit in the mindset too of, well, uh, I can work at home and I don't need to go out as much anymore. And I don't think it's necessarily that healthy for us. Um, You know, I get it. The flexibility in our schedules is wonderful and the ability to take care of things in your home, you know, and not be so stressed in between the two. But what I've seen is it's not necessarily helping us from a mental state perspective. There's still so much anxiety and, and mental health concerns from so many people and depression we're social animals and even introverted people have a need for a social environment. Mm -hmm. It's just, again, at the right comfort level. And I really encourage people to start thinking about how to build that community back up. Many people, like you said, they've changed jobs or lost jobs. They've maybe moved like I did. And it's really time for us to get back out into the world again and build up a new community with who we are today, how the world is today. And figure out where everybody else is because they've changed significantly along the way too. So I think it's a really important aspect because without it, you know, we can't just rot away in our houses staring at the screen all day. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great way to facilitate business, to facilitate school, but it can't be the end. And I learned this long before the pandemic because I moved to Miami, I was working remote and I was in the house all the time. Mm -hmm. The only interaction becomes do do this task, you know, you're late on this deliverable, please read a hundred more emails. And it's really wearing on you. It's very hard to work in that nonstop environment where you don't have, Hey, I bumped into you on the kitchen. How's the kids? Yes. How's the cat? You know, all just that kind of downtime conversation that we then forget to have. We, those things are the things that get cut out. And as great as, you know, having your family around, at home is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's also nice to have different conversations with people oh, that, yeah. you know, you don't know, and you can get to know through that process. So um, as things continue to have maybe hopefully hybrid work environments, I really encourage people to start doing some fun stuff, you know, have some social hours or ways to connect with people again. And don't talk about work, learn about each other and help each mm-hmm. other support each other through maybe challenges that they're going through too. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get in your car and drive somewhere, um, out walking, running, uh, if you're near water, uh, that's very inspiring, uh, going near a body of water, right? And so it doesn't have to be a big thing, but boy, it really changes your mindset when you get out in the sun, even if it's a cloudy day and go for a walk, because you're going to bump into somebody. Mm-hmm. I-, I love it. There's a trail right by our house here. Yes. And so oftentimes, you know, we'll go go for a walk or take my bike out on it. And there's tons of other people walking their dogs, kids are in the strollers, playing at the park, and, and just that fresh air and getting your mindset in a different place and your body and your mind are connected. So sitting still all day is not good for us. That movement is necessary to get those creative juices flowing, get that positivity back in your mind as well. And mm-hmm. then reset for, you know, the rest of your day. 
Yeah. And I mean, we're so lucky. I mean, our, our, our phones, you can record. I mean, lots of times I walk and it's just that rhythmic meditative thing that you're doing that all of a sudden you get these brilliant ideas and you can just record it on your phone and then take mm-hmm. it back to the office. I mean, uh, exercise is good for your brain, your heart, your body, everything. And so it's really good advice. I thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Tell tell uh, our audience again about your book, when it's coming out, and uh, how they may uh, purchase it. Yep, Chameleon Mindset is out on Amazon February 22nd. We'll continue to have broader distribution as the weeks go on. And you can connect with me on my personal site, thenikkigreen360.com. And there you can find about the book, the podcast, and everything else I'm up to. (laughs) Yes, you have a beautiful website. Why did you call the book The Chameleon? (laughs) Yeah, from my very first days in the pandemic, sitting down and starting to build my business, I thought about the things that made me different, the things that made me successful. And it was always this central theme about adapting to change. And I actually read a scientific study that talked about chameleons, because I know chameleons got this bad rap about, well, you know, hey, you're just blending in to blend in, and you're not being genuine to yourself. And nothing can actually be further from the truth. When a chameleon okay. changes color, there are still a chameleon underneath. <laughs> and so when they're in that calm Zen state, that's their every day. And that's the every day I want for all of you. I want you to flash your colors when you need support and mm-hmm. let us know how we can help you. And then go back and have that harmony between your personal life, your professional life, and enjoy every single day in the sunshine. Mm, just beautiful. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show and good luck with your book. Um, I've read the first chapter. I love the way you write. It's so captivating. I want more chapters. So I'll be one of your first uh, people uh, to download that book on Kindle. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.